0: Welcome to episode 37 of They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show, where we put the odd into pod and the arse into cast. So, welcome back to the Football Shirt Show. Who's joining me this week?
1: It's Mike at Footy Shirts. It's Tom at Shirt Fan. And
2: it's Scott at Flying Scotty.
0: Welcome back, Scott. I would say you were missed, but uh, I was always told not to lie. One thing I've got to say, gents, happy birthday. I found out today we're celebrating a two
2: month birthday. Who, who knew that was a thing? It's almost as bad as 109th anniversary, isn't
1: it? Is that the, the Palmer kit, the Palmer shirts, releasing two special shirts for their 109th anniversary? Any excuse, like buy them with their 120-year shirt, Mike?
3: Hey, no, I have none of that. Thank you very much. That's a proper good shirt, and I wouldn't even care if it was for 107 years. I don't care. It was worth it. I was
0: going to say, who knows, a 107-year anniversary might be a thing. We'll find out if PSG do that in 100 years.
2: <laughs> and I was going to say, the, the, the listeners will be really happy that we're uh, we're actually going to bring out a two-month anniversary. Uh, they think it's all over a football shirt. <laughs> Are we, (laughs) fuck?
0: Right, everybody, we have got the usual weekly news. We've got kit history, another short quiz, Shirt Room 101, and a really special feature about this week. We've had lots of uh, requests and things come in about cryptocurrency and football and football kits, and we've tried to explain ourselves in the past, and we couldn't. We've got a really exciting interview coming up where we're joined by Kieran Maguire, author of The Price of Football and host of The Price of Football podcast, a steam lecturer at Liverpool University. But before we get there, let's go into this week's news. So, first thing up in this week's news, Nike released a lot of World Cup shirts, didn't they? Famously, Nike are from Beaverton, Oregon. So, did these shirts give you wood, or did they leave you saying, damn?
3: Oh, I'll go first after that, little intro. <laughs> not sure how to follow it but I'll just get us back on track with the shirts um it was dismal really wasn't it I mean it's not I'm sure it's not just me judging from the online responses it's definitely not just me I think there are one or two shirts in there that are probably okay at best maybe even for a change the England one of the England shirts is is one of the the best shirts in in the bunch but generally especially after seeing the adidas releases recently i thought it was a dreary dreary bunch of kits So, they all use this new nike template mike it looks that way um it's i mean i've only seen some images of some of the shirts um, and some of them also don't give too much away like for example the holland one if it is that new template it isn't quite as obvious because you know, the color matches all the way through and so ever. But I mean, just touching on that one, Jesus Christ, it's dreadful. I mean, I, I genuinely didn't think you could do a bad Holland kit until I saw that. It's awful. But yeah, at least the majority of them are that, that template. And I, I genuinely, I don't believe the template is the problem. I, I insist that there's no such thing as a bad template, just, just a, you know, bad variations of it. And, and they're, just, they're just not good.
0: Are there any highlights anybody's looking forward to seeing on the pitch come this November, December?
1: I'll get in there before Scott because I know he's gonna say the same as me, but I do actually really like the England away shirt. I think that's a that's probably the pick of the bunch. Um call back to that kind of the, the away 1990 shirt that we we saw. I I did mention on Twitter one of the things I don't like about it though is kind of the blue wash on the badge and the, the night tick. I think it would have looked a lot nicer if it was if it was just white rather than that tint. But yeah, I kind of echo Mike. These are bad shirts, I think, and it's not the template at all. It's just I, they're just they're just not great. I mean, I do quite like the the USA home shirt. I think that works better than a lot of them. But overall, again, compared to Adidas, it's a bad bunch of shirts. I'm not going to be picking many of them up.
2: Yeah, so shockingly for me, one of the standouts is is that I think that England away is really, they've done a really, really good job. I know it's a throwback, and some people are getting a bit sick of throwbacks, but I just, I think the way that they've done it, it's so subtle, yet so similar. I think they've done a really good job. I think that one's going to sell really well. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, and you guys can either disagree or agree with me, but I'm interested to see your opinion. But have we come to expect too much? And... Has everything got, it seems like everything's got a little bit tribal. Like, when they released these Nike shirts, everybody on Twitter was like, the Nike shirts are shit, the Adidas shirts are better. But when have we ever, when have we ever done that before, where we're like, this group of manufacturer shirts are better than this group of, like, I've I've never gone, oh, all these Adidas shirts are great, I'm going to buy every single one. I'll usually, because I think some of that Belgium home top almost defeats any of those Nike shirts. I agree, the Holland home is running it close. But I think with with each, with the Adidas and the Nike, I think there's certain shirts in there that are great and there are some that aren't great. What, but does anybody here own 32 World Cup shirts from any World Cup?
1: What, what I would say about these Nike shirts, though, is I agree. That, that, I don't think they're as bad as as some people have said, but I think that's almost the worst thing about them is that so many of them are bland, that they're not, like you said, they're not terrible, but they're not good either. They're just in the middle. It's like dishwater. It's just nothing.
3: I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, we get this sort of like whole batch drop at once now. It, it never seemed to really used to be that way. You know, every every nation, every club, everything used to have its own launch. You know, you would see the kits, you know, individually coming out. And then I guess there's less less of that tribalism there. But I think for me, I do naturally do it now because A... Specifically with the Nikes, they've all come out on the same template. So as I say, it is easier to kind of put them all into one group. But yeah, because it's just all in a batch, which I'm not a big fan of, to be honest with you. I would rather see each country and each nation release their shit individually and have their own identity and their own launch photos and everything.
2: How hard are people to please nowadays? So a a team goes off the wall, oh, that's terrible. A team goes sensible, oh, that's too plain. I mean, what the hell are they meant to do? Like, if you my my personal opinions, England away, great shirt. Um, France away, that's a brilliant shirt. They've they've brought out a design. They've put you know a, a a pattern in the background that relates to the country, and people are like, oh, it doesn't look that good, or oh, it looks like pajamas, or it's like, you know, what 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 can you? What do people want to please them?
0: Yeah, I loved it when Red Star Paris did it a couple of years ago, didn't they? But all of a sudden, France do it on their way shirt. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's generally um, held up as one of the one of the good shirts. Scott, I thought you were going to go straight in for Nigeria away.
2: Yeah, and I think what I was. You know, the Brazil away I really like. I think they've gone off the wall. It's bright colours. I bet you that'll be beautiful and dry for advance. And yeah, the, the Nigeria away, it's, you know, the, they had the the ninety four Olympics home shirt that they wore and also if you the usa 94 home shirt they had the the pattern in the neck and it's like an adapted version of that and i think you know the template doesn't look terrible with it so there are some yes there are some bad shirts in there but there's also a few good ones and i'll
3: be i'll be picking up two or three of them just before we move on from this i've just got to quickly ask scott when is scotland's world cup kit coming out
2: uh 2026 mate (laughs)
3: oh nice good excellent i look forward to it
0: Right, moving on from those World Cup car crashes, then let's move across to another Italian shirt, but not everybody was that into it. Uh, Yeah, so this is
1: the the Inter Milan away shirt, which I'm sure everybody's seen now. It's uh, like a a globe map all over the shirt, all over the shoulders, all over the front in that familiar night template that we've been talking about. The interesting thing about there's a couple of interesting things about it for me is you can't buy this shirt in the dry fit ADV. It's just not available, not via the Nike store, not via Inter Milan's club store. It's only available as a stadium shirt, which I don't know why. It doesn't seem to have ever been available as a drive for ADV. I don't know if that will change. The second thing that I find really interesting about this shirt is that it's got all of the globe on this shirt, but Italy is covered by the Inter Milan badge. So the one country you can't see is Italy, which I think is a little strange. And then the third thing, we might have all seen it on the pitch. This week, uh, Inter Milan wore it in the Champions League, but not in the same guise as we've seen in Italy or that you can buy in the shops. And this is all to, to all to do with a UEFA equipment regulation. I think they fell foul of it last year in Inter Milan with their snake shirt, away shirt, that had to be doled down. And actually, this is how much work I put into this podcast. I actually went and downloaded the UEFA regulations and requirements and I found it. It's Article 9 and this is what it says if one playing attire comprises predominantly dark colors the other must comprise predominantly of light colors or vice versa so that is the requirement or regulation that this shirt has broken because of the, the two shades of blue for the sea and the country or the land masses so what they did in uefa they had to dilute all of the colors to a much paler less-defined version of the shirt, which is what we see on the pitch.
3: It, 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 the whole UEFA thing, it's, it's a whole other conversation, isn't it? It's when you start getting into all this shit that they do with the regulations, it's ridiculous. Just one thing quickly I would say, though, is do you think you touched on the badge being on Italy? Surely that's a deliberate thing. Surely. Is it because they don't want some weird sort of like... I don't know, uh, to offend another country by, by their country being covered up by the badge or anything like that? Is it is it not possibly a deliberate thing? Isn't it?
2: Their, it's a homage to their fans all around the world. So like you said, have they covered Italy because the shirt is for the worldwide fans, not necessarily the, the home fans in this case, because they said they're fans worldwide, possibly.
3: Yeah, because surely if it, it surely if it wasn't deliberate, you'd have just scooted it around a bit and had the badge over a fucking ocean or something. So it just it couldn't upset anybody apart from some tiny little Pacific Ocean that ain't going to give a shit about an insular land. Yet.
1: Don't upset Montserrat, Mike. Whatever you do, <laughs> probably won't exist after global warming
0: anyway in a few years. That's fair. Uh, one of the things that Tom I caught up on was you said blue, right? I always looked at this as green. Is this another gold or blue dress scenario here for, for 2022? What colour do you think it is, Scott and Mike?
2: It looks teal
0: to me.
1: Yeah, I see like a mint green. On the Inter Milan club store, it says it's a white jersey, which is definitely wrong. But then you can't trust them because, although, Scott, I think that was a really good effort to explain the the badge cover in Italy. I don't know if if Nike slipped you a couple a couple of checks, but... You can see the, the boot of the heel, but I just think it's a misstep. Come on. <laughs> Come on.
2: We've got to get fake laughing noises into this now when oh. somebody drops a clanger.
1: No, yeah,
0: we're not gonna get any real laugh and noises. Right, let's move on away from Italy. We'll go a little bit further west. Um there's a, a shift change in Munich. A shift change of power in Munich,
3: Mike. <laughs> I, I'm 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 not sure what you mean by that. <laughs> So basically, yeah, I've got quite a few things to cover uh, regarding German. So I'll go as quick as I can through these. So, yes. Just don't mention the war. No, I'm not. I was going to say, hopefully one of the topics isn't Nazis. No, I, I, I promise you there is no Nazis. It is all good German stuff this week. So, yeah, um, 18. Obviously, we we have seen Oktoberfest shirts from both Bayern Munich and 1860 Munich this week. Um, So, 1860 Munich has already been worn in a 3 1 win, um, looked incredibly good on the pitch as well. Um, And Bayern's shirt is looking to be worn either possibly, it's not been confirmed yet, but there is a game on uh, Saturday. Obviously, that time of recording hasn't taken place against Augsburg or on the 30th against Leverkusen. So it will definitely see the pitch. Out of the two, personally, as much as people might be surprised by this, I think the 1860 is a far, far better looking shirt. The green is stunning. The detailing on it is beautiful. And it has pretzels on the sleeves. What more could you want? Whereas the Bayern, they've switched to a colour which is familiar to a lot of Bayern fans because it's known as craft red. And it has featured on on shirts in the past. But I think the sponsor's been shrunk down to that single T, a little bit like we saw on the Utrecht shirts, but a much smaller scale. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I actually think it looks better, bigger. I think it looks a little bit lost small and I don't like it.
0: I quite like the sponsor. That's I'm what she sure. said. Whee. Wee. I quite like the sponsor. I'm not sure the craft work.
3: Canned laughter there again. I'm not I'm not going with that.
2: Yeah, so. more canned laughter.
3: Those shirts were good, but there's another one that I think actually is probably better than both of them. Has anybody seen the Farewell Claudio shirt that Verde Bremen have uh, released today? Which one? Same shirt, but which which year? Wow. Yeah. So... It is apparently a reversible shirt. Obviously, a little bit of a thing. I I believe it's it's made by Umbro, a bit of a throwback. You know, we've seen them from Umbro before. So basically, this shirt isn't going to be worn by the first team. It is going to be worn in uh, essentially a testimonial for uh, Claudio Pizarro. So basically, what's going to happen is uh, there's essentially almost three teams that are getting together because they've actually brought together an old buy-in side from when when, uh, Pizarro played there some Verde players, and a lot of players which represent uh, an international uh, uh, team, essentially, from some of his uh, teammates for Peru. And he will be playing for all three of those sides within one game. I don't know how it's going to work. But basically, there is essentially a home side and a wayside to this shirt. So we've got uh, the green side, which has got a really cool sort of like uh, almost di- um, diagonal zigzag graphic on it. But I don't know if either, any of you have looked at it. If you zoom into that shirt really close, each little square... Um, actually has a date of a major achievement in uh, Pizarro's career. So there are um, sort of like the honours that he won, the trophies that he won and so on, which I think is a really, really cool detail. And then if you flip it around inside out, it changes to a a beautiful white shirt with a multicoloured sash. That sash detail looks stunning as well. And if you didn't notice it already on the green side, that same colour detail is running around the the cuffs on the sleeves as well. So they've tied it all in really, really nicely. And on on the sash side, the badge is changed to an an Adios Pisa logo, which is obviously a goodbye to Claudio.
2: I'm going to go straight in with my first question. Can we expect to see the Bayern team in an Aero-ready shirt, not a Heat-ready Mike?
3: It does look that way. Like last year with the green Octoberfest shirt that we we saw, I did look through all the promo picks. I looked very closely. And it does look like I could be wrong come match day when they use it. But certainly for those promo picks, it was definitely a stadium or aero ready version, um, which I quite like for a shirt like that. It's only going to be worn once. Um, if you don't have the option to have to pay 90, 120 quid for, um, you know, a, a player version, then at least it's it's going to be the same across the board for everybody. So I think to an extent that that works a little bit with what we say about these extra kits coming out and keeping the cost down, at least if that fourth one is only available and even the players are wearing it in, in a stadium version. I think that's a good thing.
2: I was just going to say that I don't mind a stadium shirt. That's what they wear on the field. I I would definitely I would I don't have any any issues with it at all.
0: And in a league where they don't need to break a sweat to win anyway, what's the point in going for the more expensive product? Come on,
3: it's it's not Bayern's <laughs> fault that Dortmund is shit.
0: So, wrapping up the news this week. Scott, another new release in Italy. Is this one going to be bash to success?
2: This is a this is a proper um evil to grace story because Roma committed so many kit crimes before the game. They wore their new third kit at home, which we've all been condemning uh, for all the other teams that do it. So, you know, the PR stunt. Then they released the holographic badge that typically UEFA have shunted, and I'm guessing Syria will do exactly the same. So leading up to the game, this shirt was an absolute car crash. Then they got on the field And everything was forgiven as soon as everybody saw the back of the shirt because what an absolutely striking and beautiful name set that they've come up with. Um, So a few points for the collectors out there. The stadium version or the non-elite version of the shirt will have the holographic badge, but the elite version, which as we've seen is worn on the pitch, will only have the ASR style badge, not the holographic badge. So the big question is, are you going
0: to buy both Eddie? i am sure that's the only way i came into my mind that i can complete the set is to buy both but um the one i bought first initially is i bought the stadium version i've gone for the one with holographic crest not one on the pitch i, I thought,
1: think that's a wise choice i really do
0: i, I mm-hmm. think that's yeah. the one that's more likely to sell out to be honest so i mm-hmm. thought i'd go for that now and hopefully they want to be an end of se- end of season pickup but um it was an emotional rollercoaster yesterday when that shirt came out because obviously it's been released for a little while, but really wasn't a fan. The, the colourway, I just don't see Roma in that at all. The description, the, the guff that New Balance came out with in terms of the, um, the graphic on the shirt was the biggest load of bollocks I've seen on a shirt release ever, I think. What was it? What did they say? They said the distinctive body is an interweaving of modern shapes and reflects the fierce loyalty of Roma's wolf pack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you know
0: there could, there could have been anything on the shirt and they could have said that so that was just the biggest load of bullshit yeah. <laughs> yeah. word
1: yeah. bingo that wasn't it <laughs> so you
0: know i went i went into it quite disappointed but then honestly the moment the players no there were no drill tops the moment the players were lined up in that tunnel it was like wow um and even my wife was watching the game turn around to me and said look at that look at the look at the shirt so yeah <laughs> All of sun sudden I was on a high again, and then somebody told me it looked like a Norwich away shirt from a few years ago. And it's historic as well to, you know, to overcome a very strong 10-man Helsinki team at home in Europe. It's going to live in the memory for a long time. Right, well, that wraps up this week's news. Let's move on to Kistrii. Kid history, kid history, we haven't made it up. Kid history, kid history, we read it on Wikipedia.
3: For Kid History this week, we are going to start our journey in Gothenburg. So, IFK Gothenburg. They've worn blue and white since their formation in 1904. The colours are those of the organisation responsible for their formation, IFK. This is where it becomes a little bit more interesting. IFK, which stands for, and as I always say, forgive my pronunciations here, Idrot Spuriningen Kamraturna. I think I deserve credit for even trying that, which actually translates to Sporting Society Comrades. It's the central organisation for many sports clubs in Sweden, uh, with an affiliation to some clubs in Finland. Almost all of the clubs formed by IFK wear blue and white, as it is said to represent loyalty and innocence. And if any IFK IFK club wishes to wear a different colour, they have to seek special permission such is the case with IFK Malmo, who wear yellow. So now we're into Malmo. This is the second part. So basically, they're they're a very, very small club in uh, Sweden, um, but they're one of the oldest clubs there as well. So they wear yellow, different from all of the other IFK clubs. That in itself isn't very interesting, but what is interesting is that then takes us to the third part. So in 1958, when the World Cup was being held in Sweden, Germany refused to wear their alternative colors against Argentina. And that forced Argentina to have to find an alternative kit. The game was being played in Malmo. So the only kit available to them at the time was an IFK Malmo kit. So the entire Argentinian team were kitted out in this stunning looking shirt with a big lace-up collar and a bloody enormous ifk badge on the chest so a simple google you can see the images from this and it looks incredible so germany are in one of their traditional white shirts with a black lace-up collar and argentina are in a lace-up ifk shirt which i think is just brilliant and argentina also lost the game 3-1 keeping up a good tradition of one-off shirts and fuck-ups as being losing kits
2: how many times are these kit histories involved with like you know change kits or needing kits or somebody's forgotten kits and it, i'll let you know as well it also happens on the amateur level because our football team went to a small island to play a <laughs> football and one of the boys forgot the kits but we had to forfeit the game because the other team didn't have any spare kits <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just I just had a quick Google and had a look. It does it's an amazing shirt, that IFK one that uh, Argentina wore. But it's interesting, Argentina do this a lot, don't they? The hand of God goal was a a, a kit they wore because they forgot their other one. And it's interesting 'cause Goberg Gothenburg, is on the coast. So there was the hand of cod scored in this kit.
4: Oh, good Lord. Like, it
3: gets worse, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't think there are many people that listen to our podcast that would remember this happening in 58. So it'll probably be good news to most people. But that one, for that to have happened in our lifetime, it, obviously, there's a few times we've seen it in, in league games and stuff with the, the infamous Coventry Chelsea sort of like kit switch and all of that. And bizarrely, you guys probably won't remember this, but I remember once that the referee's kit clashed with a villa and whoever we were playing. So he had to, he turned a Aston Villa training sweater inside out. And and wore that to referee. I'm pretty sure it was David Ellery as well. Let's have a look and see if I can find it.
0: Well, we need to find that and we'll attach that image as well to the bottom of the pod. So in this week's feature, we are talking to one of the world's leading football finance experts in Kieran Maguire. You may know him as one of two hosts of the Price of Football, the author of the Price of Football book, or perhaps you're a student at Liverpool University, where he's also a lecturer. So cryptocurrencies and football and football shirts are becoming a bigger and bigger thing. So this week, what we wanted to do was bring to you an overview of what cryptocurrencies are. And to do this, we aimed high. We brought in the biggest expert I know as a massive fan of podcasts. So I'll introduce Kieran for our listeners who don't already listen to his podcast and hasn't read any of his books yet. But Kieran Maguire is, of course, one half of The Price of Football. He wrote the book, The Price of Football. He's an acclaimed academic and lecturer at Liverpool University. Thank you very much for joining us, Kieran.
5: Checked in the post. Thank you very
0: much. That's very kind of you. I guess, you know, starting at the top, really, cryptocurrency. We've seen a few examples, haven't we, Tom? on shirts sure at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's becoming more and more prevalent. We're seeing them as new sponsors on new shirts more and more every year. But I, for one, am a little hazy about what exactly they are and what it means.
5: Right. If I want to pay you some money, I can do it from my bank account to yours. And if we're both in the UK, actually that's that works pretty well. If I want to uh if I want to pay you and you're based in the States or you're you're based anywhere else abroad, then things start to get a little bit more complicated. So if it's a, if it's a small amount of money, then what the bank will do, and, and I my family's based in Ireland, so yeah, often send out money to me, my mom of relatives, you know, presents and this, that and the other. Um the, the bank will probably charge you 25 quid for the privilege you go well i'm only i'm only sending a couple of hundred notes so the the commissions which are taken by the banks are quite high and if you're transferring a lot of money then you've got potential money laundering investigations to deal with you might be saying well yeah you know, I'm, I'm not involved in money laundering i'm and it becomes very bureaucratic, and it becomes very slow, and it's it's not brilliant. Uh, you know, we 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 live in a you know, on an online world, but banking on an international and a global on a global space isn't uh, isn't necessarily as good as you think it might be. It can be quite expensive. It can be very uh, heavy in terms of administrative burdens. So about about two thousand eight, two thousand and nine, we we just had the financial crash. You know, the world the world economy went into freefall, and that that was due uh, in no small part to the activities of banks. Who had gambled with products when they didn't work? If anybody's that watched, not watched the Big Short, go watch it. Fantastic movie. Uh, really good at simplifying uh, something. The traditional banking system is imperfect uh, in, in some ways, and, and we all, you know, it, it sneezed and we all caught a cold financially on, on the back of that. So somebody came up with the idea, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but yeah, you know, it was a, it was a dweeb. Yeah, you know, fellow dweeb, fellow nerd. That, that's fine. <laughs> He said, well, can we come up with a way of A, transferring money from one party to another internationally, and B, making sure that we can trace the money to a certain extent, that we can confirm that the money's gone out of the account and into the account. And and he did this through the the creation of cryptocurrencies. And, And the way that we have confirmation is we have this thing called blockchain. And blockchain is literally... Lots of people sitting around the world who say, "I can, I can confirm this transaction. I, I, I can see the movement in money from one to another." So, cryptocurrency, in theory, is great. It's, it's decentralised. It's not regulated by Big Brother, by big banks, by big corporations. So, if you're, uh, if you're anti-establishment, you can see the appeal. And it's relatively quick. There, but there are some downsides. First of all, uh, it's It's very heavy in terms of what they refer to as mining crypto coins. Uh, It involves an awful lot of energy. So, you know, we're in a global energy crisis. So that's not great. It's it's not good from an environmental perspective. And secondly, when sort of the first cryptocurrencies came out, that was fine. And everybody then piled in. So we've seen over a thousand cryptocurrencies go bust. So one, one of my colleagues, yeah. So one of my colleagues at, at University of Liverpool, uh, a guy called Gavin Brown, he is the country 's leading expert on on crypto and he wrote an article and he, he just says it is, you know he's saying i 'm not for or against what I am going to do is i 'm going to set out the facts and you're you're too young to remember, but i'm not i when when the internet first kicked in, there were hundreds and hundreds thousands and thousands of websites being set up and Amazon has become very, very successful, but Amazon wasn't the only online bookstore. There were hundreds of them, one of which has been successful. We've got lots and lots of auction sites, which which were being created in the late 90s, in the in the in the early noughties, but everybody now uses eBay. So can you see that there was there was this sort of this filtering out? And, and I think that's the process that we are seeing as as far as cryptocurrency is concerned. The other thing is that ultimately it's it's a means of paying for things. Now, I, I've got my drawer in my office here, and I, I've just been working in the states, so I've got in my drawer, I've got a hundred and fifty-five dollars. Showing off, Kieran. I oh, know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, baby. Um, yeah, and, and I do not call myself a currency trader because I've also got. 27 euros i've also got 120 kuna from croatia now just because i've got different currencies does not make me a trader but when we enter the world of cryptocurrency an awful lot of people online refer to themselves as traders Mm. and they also say well you can make a lot of money and you can in theory make a lot of money if you got into bed with bitcoin when it started because the price has gone up Um, Can I make money from buying and selling dollars and converting them into sterling? I I can, but that's not the purpose of holding the money in the first place. The next time I'm working in New York, I'm going to need some dollars to to, to buy myself a a burger and chip and so on. Here the lines start to blur. It's being sold as a get-rich-quick scheme. Uh, yeah, If you buy Bitcoin now and you hold it for five years, you can become a you know, squillionaire. But then you say, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah, old, I don't know if you've seen that again. I, I do watch a lot of movies. If you've seen trading places, uh, Eddie Murphy in trading places, he goes, buy, 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 buy. Everybody goes and follows him. And then he sells and he goes, sell, 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 sell. And he makes money and everybody else loses. And that's exactly the same with what we're seeing with uh, with cryptocurrencies. They are being marketed as investments. Now, I don't see my dollars as investments. I simply see my dollar as a means of, if I'm going onto the New York Metro, it's a way of paying for a ticket. If I'm buying a burger, it's a way of paying for my burger. Uh, So so the purpose of money is is to act as a lubricant. It's it's to allow, I want to buy something, you want to sell something. How can we get around that? That, That's how money works. And And it's not an investment though. And this is where the problems lie because it's being... It's either being explicitly marketed or or we've got dog whistle. Okay, no, it's not an investment. It's just it's it's just a a way of engaging and getting utility with the clubs and things with this. And, And that's where I I start to become quite uncomfortable with with the nature of the relationship between the the crypto NFT fan token industries and football because football gives us legitimacy football gives us normalization is that why they have targeted football
1: as a way of mark because you, like you said you've got all these different crypto firms that are trying to compete with one another to be the crypto firm why is it then that they have targeted football and football clubs as a means of getting their names out there what why is that relationship been targeted so specifically
5: well uh, it, it's not just football it's also been through the use of celebrities and influencers so for example uh, Paris Hilton she's involved with with one of these schemes now yeah you know, my personal view is that if you're going to take investment advice from Paris Hilton or John Terry or Michael Owen then you deserve everything you get but at the same time I feel that you know as somebody that sort of a, you know, a background in, in numbers and a, a bit of money. Um, we, we've got, some people have got a duty to go out there and say, it's not quite as it's being marketed. Mm. Um, so, so football, you know, wh- wh- why do people want to get involved with football? Well, I think, what, I'm, I, I go, I go, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in my sixties. I, I still buy a football shirt every year and, and I know I really shouldn't be, but, but this is, this is unusual. Now, if, if I, if I go to, if I go to buy some groceries, I don't think of it. Oh, it's, it's a way of giving a bit of extra money to Tesco. But I think we all go into that mentality when, it, you know, we, we, you're, you're, you're mad on kids. When I go to buy a football kid, it's a way of giving money to the club. Do you save that in any other relationship you have with any other organization with whom you buy and sell? Because it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Unique, and, and, yeah, yeah it, it is unique. Football, football it is, you yeah, know, we're a secular society. It's quasi religion that we have in terms of our relationship with football clubs and the the crypto industry is aware of this and if they say well you know if it's got a if it's got a Manchester City or a West Ham or an Arsenal or a Liverpool badge attached to it pe- people will buy it without perhaps doing very much due diligence themselves. Cryptocurrency itself
0: almost evolved from the original purpose of open banking to become a quasi-investment product, get-rich-quick scheme for the inventors. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but the, whoever la- launches the products and the, uh, the early investors, shall we say. We've seen in football, I mean, we've seen it on football shirts, primarily abroad as main shirt sponsors, so digital bits over in Italy of shirt sponsors of Roma and Inter Milan. We've seen it on sleeve sponsors in the UK, haven't we? So I think Crystal Palace had a sleeve sponsor, IQONIK. IQ, I think was the name, uh, which went bust last season. We've got Whalefin on Chelsea's sleeve sponsor this season. We talked about the consumer risk. Is there a real financial risk to the clubs as well with taking this money?
5: Um, uh, y- y- yes, there is. I mean, um, unless, the, uh, uh, unless the relationship is that the sponsor pays all of the money up front. Then then there is you know, we, we saw what happened with Nottingham Forest and QPR with Football Index. We've seen Barnsley's shirt this season, Hex.com. Um, and, and I put some sort of you know lame gag. Yeah, you know, but you know, dad, I, I, I do dad jokes. I'm an old man. Um, yeah, I said I shouldn't be called hex.com, it should be called hoax.com. <laughs> and I got absolutely slaughtered from all of the uh the hexagons. This is what they are. They, 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 right, right. they like create a cult. yeah, it is it is very much a cult following. And and you need that. You need that sort of you know David Koresh uh type of slavish following because as soon as you start to ask the awkward questions, things start to unravel and, and not necessarily. Uh, in a good way so you know, th- there are some people doing really good work you know, martin Calladine, uh, ugly game on twitter joey at uh, athletic philip eclair there- there's there's a few of us who are just sort of poking with poking again like, hey, this, this uh, because yeah, it, it's such a great investment I'm, I'm 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 willing to put some money into it but nobody's actually managed to give me a uh, a comprehensive explanation as to as to how this is a surefire way of making money. Although, again, if we take a look at uh, take a look at Crawley Town, who are owned by Wagmy, um which stands for We're All Gonna Make It, uh, that, that sort of implies that there's nothing to lose. And <laughs> well, actually, there is something to lose, and it's called money. I mean, Crawley they, they've been quite interesting with how they've
1: approached. Things with crypto because they have made certain kits exclusive and they've even offered fans a chance to to vote for transfer sign-ins if you've bought and invested in the crypto of Wagmi. so d- do you think this is just a tip of the iceberg in terms of crypto's involvement in football? Is it going to become more and more popular?
5: Well, I, I think I think we need to separate out three elements first of all we, we've got cryptocurrency, which is a way of paying for things then we have non-fungible tokens now a non-fungible token is effectively a digital am, am i allowed to swear on this yeah absolutely you are yeah okay right okay um well i, I think if, if a non-fungible token is yeah i'm i'm collecting panini stickers they are fungible tokens yeah i i know i shouldn't i say i'm doing it for, for, i'm doing it with my, my wife's son He's 35 so you know <laughs> and he's collecting as well so yeah we're all we're all sort of go yeah we should be doing this um but those are fungible tokens anybody that collects panini does it they know it's it's a it's a bit of a dumb thing to do but but you do it on that basis i am not collecting panini stickers for the 2022 world cup as an investment as a way of making money what we have with non-fungible tokens is that it's a way of getting sort of uh, you know, the clubs are saying well, it's a way of getting unique memorabilia. So, you know, a photograph of a particular goal, and you pay the club money and you get a digital receipt. Now I've I've got, you know, next to on my wall, I've got some old football shirts. Um, and again, you know, I've 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 bought them because i've got one shirt which is worn was worn by paul mcshane in 2005 when brighton beat crystal palace at Selhurst. now as a brighton fan that is priceless do but, you feel catch kevin, kevin? Nah, uh, that i've not not got round to mentioning it just yet uh because if, if you're working with a uh a stand-up comedian and a comedy writer whatever i say he's, he's going to destroy me so so i just I, okay. I just keep that one in the locker so I, I paid a lot of money for that. I've got a certificate of authenticity and, and that's fine. What the clubs are saying is that, well, there's only so many shirts that they can do with that. There's only sort of you know, signed boots of players. And it, it it doesn't transfer to a global audience. So if we can sell uh you know pictures of you know somebody scoring a particular goal, a particular goal celebration. Uh, yeah whatever, and what we will do is that we will give you a digital certificate and uh so here you've got a digital photo, and you can print it off on your printer, you can have it on your phone, so can everybody else so so this this is the weird thing so what have you got what they what they haven't got well you've got this token which says I am the owner of this that's what we have in terms of uh, nfts and then we've got the third element which is the fan token and and the fan token is I don't know whether you've watched uh, watch the simpsons when they go to itchy and scratchy land and they buy itchy and scratchy dollars uh, at at the gate, yeah, and then yeah. they try and and all of the, everybody inside said, "No, we don't take itchy and scratchy dollars." <laughs> and, when, and when they leave itchy and scratchy land, they say, oh, "You can you can't convert it, it, itchy and scratchy dollars back into genuine dollars." And this is this is you know, and this is actually something which is quite similar to what we see at, at Disneyland. Um, so fan tokens is that you normally have to buy them using Bitcoin or you, sorry using a cryptocurrency which is approved by the club. So you have to, first of all, convert sterling into your cryptocurrency and then your cryptocurrency potentially into your fan token. And then you can use your fan token to generate utility to improve your relationship with the club. So, for example, you might have the opportunity to choose the color of the the corner flags or the music, which is played pre-match. And then you say, actually and 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 they'll be saying well yet yeah, when you're, you'll you get not you'll, you'll get a chance to you know perhaps have a meeting with the players you can mm-hmm. get a,
1: a bought name set on the back of
5: your Inter Milan shirt that's what you can buy with those
1: things.
5: <laughs> yeah um and, and of course we've also got the the crawley town fan token which allows you to buy the unique kit and look yeah i think it's quite a good looking kit i'm not saying it's not but to have to go through that palaver, I'd much rather just walk into the club shop and say, here's 40 notes, give us the, give us the shirt. I mean, that was unbelievable. That, was, that actually came up a few weeks ago on our podcast. You
0: described what an NFT is better than we ever did or could. But yeah, that was just so unique in that you had to buy their cryptocurrency to then convert to their fan token, to then buy their NFT, which then got you your football shirt. it's just, it's just yeah,
5: it seems madness. Yeah, I'm with you entirely.
1: so i can see what's in it for the for these crypto nft firms then for investing in football because it gets their names out there but what is in it for the football clubs is it just pure money like they would from any other sponsorship
5: yes i mean you know in the world of football club sponsorship at present the biggest payers tend to be gambling companies now there is a potential either a white paper. Oh, yeah, We've got just a sort of change of prime minister. Uh, certainly the vibes that I'm picking up is that the new prime minister doesn't seem particularly interested in football or football fans or football kits or protecting the, the football industry. But yeah, that, that's, that's a separate issue. Let's just park that. Um, the, the Premier League clubs are certainly under pressure to reduce uh, their relationships with gambling companies as far as front of shirt sponsorship is concerned. Now, you know, my, you know, my personal view is if they do that, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference because I don't know whether you've seen some of the some of, some of the stills uh, from Stokes Home Match or Stokes Match where I think there was, what's it, five or six different betting companies uh, advertising their products. So if you're looking at the shirt, but you're, if, if you've got reservations about gambling, transparency here, I, I gamble by the way. You know, so, But I also work with gambling charities. Yeah, and for me, if I bet it's 20 quid once every two or three months, normally on Brighton to lose and nearly always when we're playing Palace. That's because hedging, Kieran. That, that, no. that is a hedging, absolutely. <laughs> that, that, absolutely. Kevin gets really worked up about this. If I end up getting a meal out of Christian Benteke, it's more than you've ever done. Um, <laughs> so th- there is there is a genuine fear that the, the Premier League's relationship and the gambling companies are the, are the biggest players in town. Uh, yeah, we've seen... Other industries try to get involved. Remember, Kazoo were involved with both Everton and Villa. They're no longer involved with Everton. There are rumours about Kazoo in terms of its finances. So, yeah, where does this leave Villa, uh, etc.? Cryptocurrency sponsors are the next biggest payers in town. And also, cryptocurrency, it's gambling with a small g because it's being sold as, as an investment. But... Yeah, if, if if anybody's looking to invest in anything, would you invest in an unregulated, highly volatile, and normally quite easily manipulated product? Yeah, that that's that's pretty high risk. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put your mortgage on it. I wouldn't put your pension on it either. But the the crypto companies they they know that their their brand gets an awful lot of profile by being associated with football, and, you know, and a football shirt is one way of doing that.
0: So it sounds like you know it is a bum fight from these cryptocurrencies to see who makes it. He'll be established in five, ten years time. In the meantime, we could see a lot more shirt sponsors, see sponsors appear and disappear over the coming years. And you no, know, more importantly, the bigger issue: people actually losing their money.
5: Um, yeah, I mean, there's the relationship between the football club and the and the sponsor. It's legal. It's generous in terms of the level of sponsorship. So, so therefore, this is this is my dog, famous dog, who, who's known for being able to walk open doors. <laughs> just open the door. Um, so, as as far as the clubs are concerned, why why shouldn't they do it? Yeah. Um, and again, I'm I'm old enough to remember when the first reservations arose in relation to the smoking industry and and sponsorship, and it took a long period of time. But again. They they were the biggest players in town I'm a a big cricket fan We used to have the John Player Sunday League We used to have the Benson and Hedges Cup Um, And some people I say Cigarettes, we're not necessarily sure that they're particularly healthy uh and the the cigarette industry yeah you know, the tobacco industry put up an awful lot of resistance to that i think that's where we are effectively as far as uh, as football is concerned the efl will certainly push back uh, in terms of first of all you know, gambling with the big g and then followed by gambling with the small g because uh, the clubs in the efl are incapable of running themselves on a sustainable basis so therefore they they they, they will take any money from any party and and then you sort of you do talk to some people and they say yeah we we don't you know if if we could get the same money from a non-crypto company from a non-gambling company we would rather take it but at the same time we've got the fans screaming down our necks because why haven't you signed player x or player y it's because we haven't got the money to do so so i, I do have an element of of sympathy for the clubs i think they they could handle themselves better uh, i don't know whether you've seen the west ham story which is arisen today. yeah the
0: that, cryptocurrency this is allowing you to move money in and out of russia
5: and, yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah not 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 looking clever
1: i mean i remember inheriting a scale electric set from my dad with that was completely covered in marlborough sponsorship going back to what you said about cigarettes and that stuck with me as a child but um i don't smoke funnily enough but i don't know if you know the answer to this kieran but do we know who the first crypto football shirt sponsor was do are we do we know that at this point
5: do you I, know I don't, you? I don't know offhand
1: no um, I'm just, i mean we, we can it's, an that inter- out, it's an interesting one yeah yeah
5: yeah
1: <laughs> i was just genuinely don't, interested
5: yeah i know crypto.com were supposed to be um, one of the major sponsors, one of the senior sponsors for the UEFA Champions League this season because Gazprom has been terminated due to uh, connections with the Russian government. And we now see that Crypto.com has has itself pulled out. Now, is that due for financial reasons? Is it due to the fact that it's now aware that it's under uh, an awful lot of scrutiny? Jerry Derso, I think, is
0: the expert in crypto in football isn't he and i think he wrote an article recently about liverpool potentially looking at crypto as a future shirt sponsor for to replace standard charted or or to push the price of standard charts deal up maybe who knows um that might be more likely but perhaps we'll drop him a note and see if he knows um who was first because he might be a good
5: person to ask he's a great guy jerry yeah i've spoken to joe on a few, few occasions and uh, you know, I've written the occasional article for The Athletic and I've subscribed from day one and I really enjoy it. I know that some people don't like it, you know, private equity, behind a paywall. But what it has done, it's allowed people such as Joey to do the investigative journalism, which has has really sort of disappeared because we don't buy newspapers anymore preachers preaches to converted you've got two subscribers here as well
0: listen Kieran that's been incredibly interesting thank you so much Like I said, we skirted around it ourselves over over the sort of 30 uh, 40 odd podcasts that we've done and never really mounted a serious explanation on what it is so really grateful for that thank You're you welcome. ever so much thank you all okay. the best guys
1: before you quickly go Kieran just one more thing <laughs> we always ask any guest we have on your favourite football shirt of all time can you tell
5: us Um, my favourite football shirt of all time probably the coventry city admiral kit which had those sort of matching uh, admiral symbols which or lines which went down into the shorts um i was i was desperate to get the away kit uh, in that and i know i'm, I'm colorblind oh so people brown say, one yeah the brown one simply just, <laughs> it just looked so so different um and, and, I, and I, I never had enough pocket money to do that uh, but, if, but if i had done it i it's better than buying Bitcoin in terms of making money. It must be <laughs> worth an absolute fortune. That kit It's a days.
0: fungible token.
5: Yes, absolutely. Yes,
1: good choice. I think good choice. Thanks ever so much, Garen. Really appreciate that. Thank you.
3: Well, if anybody else is like me and your brains just turn to mush every time you start talking about crypto, whether it's a sponsor or the actual pretend currency whatever it is then hopefully that feature will just be really really helpful as well as interesting for everybody but i'm intrigued how how much did you boys actually learn so tom can you can you tell me what an nft is now
1: you know what i actually think i can and i think i've got a good analogy for it so imagine you meet a woman you fall in love you get married you've got the wedding certificate but anyone else can fuck her
2: (laughs)
0: i was going to put it exactly the same way tom i'm glad the question went to you but um <laughs> one of the other things following up on that in the interview though is we talked about who might have had the first cryptocurrency sponsor and kieran uh, mentioned joey Derso, who's a great follow those of you who don't follow him on twitter writer for for the athletic Um myself and joey had a, few, a little conversation over last week and we think the first ever sponsor crypto sponsor was a company or a crypto company called BTC Turk a Turkish cryptocurrency who sponsored the mighty Yeni spore in the 1920 season. We think that was the first main shirt sponsorship. So if anybody knows any differently we would absolutely love to find out.
3: I'll be honest with you I'm not very good at this because I don't even know I don't even recognize half the time when it's a crypto sponsor. I'll be honest with you I I could own yeah, the same. shirt. Yeah, I could own shirts with a crypto a crypto sponsor, whether it be sleeve sponsor on the back, whatever. I'll be honest with you. And that's not just because it's crypto, that's because I rarely actually look into what a sponsor is.
1: Mike's NFC, no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That might be the
0: case, but hopefully after that feature, you know, people think a little bit more about the implications of what actually cryptocurrency is and why they're involved in football as well, because it's not, it's not all good. Um, they've got ulterior motives, and hopefully that feature highlights some of that for some of you. So let's move on to a more jollier topic, but probably a lot less interesting, because it's Scott. Scott, you've got a quiz.
2: So I thought this would be um, pertinent this week because we've had a bunch of World Cup releases again. So the quiz this week, we're going to follow the the usual format when I do a quiz, which is you'll take it in turns to go until either you can't think of another one or if you're wrong. And what we're going to do this week is World Cup finals and who the kit manufacturers were playing against each other. So I've had a look through, and as we all know, the earlier on World Cups, they, a lot of... um. The nations had their own in house shirts made. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to give you from 1966. Obviously, I had to include that World Cup because of the audience and you three knuckleheads. Um, So, we're going to go from there. So, what you're going to do is, you will give, you need to give me the year, the team, and who the manufacturer was from 1966 up until. (laughs) 2018 but for brownie points does anybody can anybody think of any manufacturers pre-66 there's not many there's only one two three there's only four pre-66 a lot of the rest of them one of them's really obvious so germany had adidas made germany really early on and the very first ever world cup 1930 Uruguay against Argentina, they actually both had kit manufacturers that weren't in-house. St. Marguerite made Uruguay's, and a company called Gath and Chavez made Argentina's. And just to let you know, the fourth one was um, Athleta made Mm -hmm. Brazil's kits. So, 1966, there's one exception. In 1970, Italy's... Uh, kit was in-house because they didn't actually have a kit manufacturer until 1974 right so who's got so what What do you want to do mike ad tom that's oh, fucking thanks for that my you don't have to get them all you just somebody has to win
3: <laughs> right I, I t- i'm gonna start off what i think is relatively easy uh, so i'm gonna go for 2010 okay and as soon as i said that I'm really fucking doubting myself <laughs> <laughs> no I'm going to stick with 2010 and I'm going to say that Spain wore Adidas and Holland won Nike well you only had you
2: only you didn't have to get both the teams but you, we can do that if you want oh no. sorry I'm no. uh, sorry I
3: thought, I thought we were doing both <laughs> my bad
0: <laughs> well we should all do that yeah, so. I'm going to hear Fra- France 98 so yeah France in Adidas Brazil in Nike
2: yeah. Good. Just to put the pressure on Tom. <laughs> um, that, that was the only one I knew. I knew was how's, how, how's nobody gone for 66 first? I could have not included it.
1: Uh, I'm going to go for 2018. France and Croatia. Nike and Nike. Yep.
2: Back right, to you,
3: Mike. Right, so I've only got to name one now. <laughs> I am going to say uh, 94 and Brazil wore Umbro. Yes.
0: And for completion, Italy wore Deodora.
2: Yes. It's the World Cup final, Tom. How can you not remember? Well, what what World finals have we final? had? 2010.
0: Oh,
1: 2010. wait. I thought it was 80s guy. No, I just done it. None oh, no, right. that's you, oh. Yeah. um, All right. 94, 1966.
0: Yeah. 2010.
2: <laughs> is it Umbro? Yes. Okay. England and Umbra. Well done. <laughs> Wait, 1966
0: was that? Yeah.
3: yeah. I've been getting my head around this. Um, so I'm going to say uh, 2002 with Brazil again with Nike.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go back to 1966 and say West Germany is Adidas.
2: Yes. Well done calling them West Germany. I was going to pull you up on that.
1: Why do I not know who won any World Cup? I will. Did we say two thousand and fourteen?
2: Uh, and no, we did
3: not. Germany and Adidas. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say oh six with uh, Italy and Puma.
0: Yes. I'm gonna say nineteen ninety West Germany and Adidas.
1: Yes. Uh, 2014, Argentina and Adidas.
2: Yes, so that's 2014 complete.
3: I'm gonna stick with uh, 06 then with France and Adidas.
2: Correct, 2006 complete.
3: I'm gonna go
0: 1972. What
2: fucking going 1972? I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even a World Cup <laughs>
0: that yet. <laughs> uh. 1982. 1982, up. Argentina and Lecoq Sportif. 86 and Lecoq Sportif. Oh, Hang on. on a minute. Come Hang on. on a minute. Minute.
2: <laughs> it's
0: four years you know between
2: friends. But you know what's funny is you have named the correct year, the correct manufacturer and the incorrect team. So, AD, you are out. Oh, we will give you one wrong each. How about that?
0: No, I'm happy being out. It's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> um,
2: I'm going to say,
3: it's me. It's um, me. It's oh, me. is it? Okay, it's yeah. Tom,
1: yeah. don't yeah. take my one answer that I've got. <laughs> uh, 2010, the Netherlands and Nike. It's been said. So was we it need another time? Oh, you bastards. Yeah. <sighs> okay, 1986. <laughs> Argentina, yeah. Le Coqsportif. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Great shout, Tom.
3: I will go with 1986, West Germany and Adidas.
1: Yes. Back to you, Tom. 1982, Le Coqsportif. Yeah. yeah. And France.
2: No. No. Oh!
3: The, does My, does that mean i win because i started the, I yeah
2: started yeah, yeah you started the and just
3: to, to put the killer blow in i'm pretty sure that we haven't done 2002 the other finalist yet have we no you haven't see it's it's i'm finding it really really difficult to remember who that was and <clears> I, I think I, about I'll,
2: ronaldo with a with a ball cut who did he round
3: I was, I was. One to be the honest best with goalkeepers you, ever. I was going to say Germany because I, I. That's that's Germany because I've got. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: so difficult when you haven't
2: got the World Cup. They haven't even got the years in front of you, let alone the teams, and you've got
3: to think yeah.
0: of
2: all of that. Um, that's my uh, excuse anyway. So, 1990, you missed was Argentina, Adidas. So that was another Adidas All Final. To be fair, some of these were hard. 1970, Italy was the in-house. Who did they play? Brazil was it? Yeah, and it was Athleta again. Uh, 74, nobody attempted. Any ideas? If, if I gave you the teams, you'd get the was that so, easy. That's another yeah, West Holland's. Germany, Adidas, isn't it? Yeah, and who was Holland made by? Adidas. Adidas. Yeah, and why is that so famous? Because certain somebody only wore two stripes, right? Cruyff. Because mm. he had a contract, so he couldn't wear Adidas. So he, that's why he wore that Dutch top with only two stripes. And then the last one was 78. It's another same manufacturer final. The Dutch again, Cruyffi, Hot Adidas and Argentina. Adidas again. It's funny, isn't it? Because everybody, have you, have you asked everybody to speak about a World Cup final? You think, oh yeah, it's easy, but when you've got to pluck it out, it's <laughs> fresh air.
0: Well, we'll find out in a few months' time who will be adding their names to that list. Another quiz for another week. Let's move on to Kit was that, Room. Was that too
2: hard, was it?
0: Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's move on to this week's Kit Room 101.
5: I give up. And I'm disgrace. Sort of disgraced. I am flabbergasted. Analyse it till the coach come home. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with it.
4: Hi lads, it's Will here. PDX jerseys on Twitter. I'm a big fan of the pod and really enjoying all the work that he have been doing so far. I'd like to make a nomination for Room 101. And I'd like to nominate breaking up a striped pattern in order to accommodate a sponsor. It absolutely kills me to see a design be interrupted for the sponsor, especially since I like to get my shirts without a sponsor where possible. And seeing a big break in a centre just looks absolutely ridiculous. PSG in recent years have made some glorious kits, but they always tend to put a break in for the sponsor. I'd rather you just keep the solid stripe and lay the sponsor over the top. So if you agree with me, I don't think your design should have to suffer for the sake of your sponsor. Exile to Room 101.
0: So there we go. PDX jerseys with his nomination for Shirt Room 101. Shirts that have a break in the pattern or stripe, particularly for a sponsor. What are we all saying?
3: I'm happy to go straight in and say I'd agree with this one. There's a couple of shirts that spring to mind for me. Just a a good example of this, uh, the Bayern Munich 2010 home shirt, which was a red and white uh, vertical stripe shirt. Really, really stunning looking shirt. And not only did they break up the stripes as such for the pattern, they did it by putting a disgusting white vinyl box print with the T logo on the front of the shirt. And it turns what is one of my favourite shirts for buy-in into one of my most disliked shirts at exactly the same time and I have to really see through that sponsor to, to still see that as one of my favorite shirts so even just for that one I would put this one in on its own.
1: I think this is a really really good suggestion and as soon as I heard that I was massively inclined to agree but then I started to think well there must be some good shirts where there is a break I've just had a little flick through my my camera roll to see which ones I have, and some that we would be throwing in if we do throw this in. Pretty much all those great Juventus shirts of the nineties, the the kappa ones with the the known sponsor and with the the Sony sponsor, they would all be thrown into kit room one hundred and one if we throw this in. But I generally like ninety percent of the time, I think PDX jerseys is is right, and it looks so much better when it's put over the top of the design. So. I
3: think I'm going to agree with him. I could live without all UUVA shirts anyway. Yeah, so it's
1: not a compelling argument that there's got to be more though. There has to be other good shirts where there is a break. And a lot of the PSV shirts with breaks in stripes, presumably, and
0: Porto shirts and any teams that are playing stripes. I would have thought
2: PSV had a really famous shirt with Ronaldo, and they even broke the stripe for
3: the Adidas logo. With what you said, Tom, I know the only shirt I can think of recently that came out was the uh, the Dortmund home shirt, which didn't get good like reviews. I such, but the one thing it did do was break the stripes to incorporate that awful sponsor that they have, and it looked better than it probably would have with the stripes on the through, But I think that is not a big enough argument to
2: to go against it for me. Yeah, for me, I think that, that kind of leads on to my opinion I think there's ways of doing it nicely but I certainly agree with them with the lazy ones where they just cut a hole in it to stick the sponsor in but I think I'm going to have to agree with them and put it in 101 because it's my whole gripe about the back of shirts as well it's the same policy isn't it UEFA want the plain back so that the referee can read the number I'm sure the sponsors are stipulating right we don't want our sponsor diluted by a background colour you need to break it so that it's it stand out and i think it's ridiculous because as if as if you wouldn't be able to read you know with a red and blue background as if you wouldn't be able to read the white sponsor because i had a stripe going through the back of it so yeah i'm i'm with them room 101
0: yeah it's happening it's going to go to room 101 but I'd be really interested to see all those great kits that we've been in here from our listeners. So please do add any
1: kits that we've inadvertently thrown into Room 101 to the bottom of our Twitter feed. That's a horrible one because, yeah, he's spot on. He's absolutely spot on with his argument. But I'm sure we're missing some like stone-cold classic.
2: All the Jordan kits, Christ, all the Jordan kits with a Hester strike, they're all broken. That's what I mean, you're throwing all them in, Scott. Yeah. Put them in.
1: Well, there
0: it goes. We can't get picky. It goes in, it goes in. Um, maybe we can review that in future weeks if people want to try and save a shirt. But no, Breaking Stripes to put a sponsor in goes into Room 101. But on the flip side, actually, sorry. <laughs> no, this can completely change the point here. He wants them to go in Room 101 because he likes to buy a shirt sponsorless so it looks stupid with a box on a shirt. I don't think you should buy a shirt sponsorless. So actually it looks all right. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't buy a shirt
1: sponsorless. If it was sponsorless, would it even have the box on it?
0: Well, yeah, the PSG does, doesn't it? Because it's got it just breaks the stripe, doesn't it? And if you've got that sponsorless, this is a gap in your shirt, isn't it? Like a Teletubby.
1: And that does look shit. What reference?
2: <laughs>
3: oh.
1: Cremonezi, classic creminase kit's all gone. See, I that part. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at
0: this other angle now. I'm thinking. The reason you want them in the bin is because they look rubbish with a box with, when it's got no sponsor in it. But
3: what what I would put put <laughs> back Mike, as
1: a can- Mike, your greatest oh, shirt gone. of all time is gone. The Villa goalkeeper shirt that's in your player profile picture—it's gone. You're putting that into room one hundred <laughs> yeah, yeah. and one. Yeah, and he had the, all
0: of the Villa Muller Muller yogurt ones. They break a stripe, don't they, with the
3: Muller yogurt logo? The, 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 they do, they do, but. i I, I like to think of it differently guys what i like to think of is if we put it into room 101 we're not we're not bidding them shirts we're we are we're rewriting history and all of those shirts suddenly don't have those boxy sponsors they still exist they just exist in a in a more perfect way in the dustbin (laughs) they exist in the incinerator all right, look, if we're going to go yeah. back through fucking history and, and, and look at all of these, then I'm probably going to change my mind. But <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be fair to the argument. And the, and if I'm being completely true to myself, if I flick through my Instagram profile, if I look at all the striped shirts that I've got, it is very simple. The ones that don't have a break in the stripes look better than the ones that do have a break in the stripes. So if I, if I'm putting it that black and white, if I was asked if if this was about going forward, which ones in future, do we break stripes, do we not? I would say we don't, because I do think it looks better.
2: I've changed my mind. I'm not putting PSG Jordan shirts in the one on one. It's <laughs> staying, staying out for me. I
1: think yeah, to I'm, be, to be... I'm gonna still agree. I think yeah, it's they are better. It, it's if it's avoidable, it looks better to have the sponsor just what?
2: over the top. What? Now you're going to agree because we don't want jump man in there. <laughs> All right, Tom. I've jumped to the other side of the argument. Back, so we, to, back to Cunts FC on this
0: point. So we basically we wrapped up going, <laughs> yeah, they're going in. Then I've gone, hang on. And now we've got three of us saying they're not going in. Is that right?
1: I can't remember what I said originally, to be honest. Oh, we,
2: no, I we think
0: it's 2-2. we two. so weak. It's 2-2. Two, two. We we'll, we'll
3: do I'm a vote we it. I'm saying they go in. They've got to go in i'm saying yeah,
2: it's towards in. two two me and eddie are no tom and mike all right they're
0: out because so you lose too many shirts they're out My, mike like his greatest role model is not for changing <laughs> uh we go, we go we're gonna go to the vote then aren't we this week during a week we'll go to the vote we'll come up with a couple of examples of um the stripe that don't work which is probably going to be that psg shirt without sponsor but don't buy shirts without sponsors and we'll go with some classic shirts that have got breaks in the stripes in them and see what people go for and all the Jumpman shirts. All right, Scott. Okay, calm down. It's,
2: it's hypothetical.
0: Don't worry. We're not actually going to come over and pin them. Or are we?
2: I live I too far north for that. Off the wall.
0: Um. Good stuff. Right. Well, that concludes another week of... The football shirt show thank you ever so much everybody for bearing with us we do appreciate
1: um your patience whilst you listen to us rattle on yeah thank you everyone for for listening um it does take us a fair bit of time to to record these pods and especially to edit them because of scott's horrendous profanities so it only takes you a minute to subscribe like and share so Please keep doing so.
3: It's, it's nice and easy to find us on the socials. All you've got to do is search They Think Kits all over and you will find us on all of those. Same on the, the podcast platforms. And don't forget, if you have got anything you want to ask us, we do have an email address, which is hello at ttkaopod.com. Thank you, gents. They Think It's all over. It is now.